Welcome to the Student Manager, episode number 10. It's Fonger News. Joining me, special guest, Chris Cornell. Chris, what's up? Not much. How are you, Mr. Fong? I'm doing great. And for this uh, episode, you can just call me Michael. Thanks. good. You Sounds know what? You're, you're, I know your dad. I know your parents. They taught you well. Good manners. You know, gotta gotta give all the praise to them, the ones that raised me. Anza, shout out to you. And Big CC, shout out to you. Now, I got Chris in studio. This is a first for a lot of things, Chris. Uh, first, you are the first male. First dude. Props. Murph Cargus. You know what? We forgot to give props to my executive producer. You know who that is, right? I do. Now I do. Who is that he? That is Murph, part of the band Sugar Ray, and has the coolest studio. I repeat, the coolest studio in Costa Mesa. There you go. So if you want to be a future guest and you want to check out this live studio, you got to hit me up. I think now, Chris, we're up to 15 followers. There we go. Maybe after your episode, we'll get to that 20. I think we're, I think we're talking about like 25, 30. I think, we're, I think that's what we're liking. All right. Yeah. It's a Friday. It's beautiful. Don't we yeah. live in the greatest place? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I love it. All right. And then shortly, you're going to be headed back up to Cal Poly Slow. Yeah. Slow. Let's talk about let's talk about slow because this is a first for everything. Obviously, you were the first male on here. I wanted people that are are smart that can articulate well, but not only that, you know the slow background. I got a little slow background in me, not me personally, mm-hmm. but family blood in there. Yeah, right. Uh, I love the campus, and having you on, I want you to share with my audience what you like, what you don't like, things that maybe people don't know about because. It's a hidden gem, am I yeah. correct? Oh, um, I would totally agree. Um, I just mean from going there once, I was captivated. Just got a small tour from my friend in the grade above me. And I was like, wow, this is this is a really cool place. I could see myself here instantly just from looking at it. So, yeah. So hidden what gem. year did you visit that campus? I visited, I would say, my junior year, going into senior year. And, yeah, that summer. And... Were you open-minded, or did you have other schools? Oh, yes, I was open-minded. Like, Cal Poly was not, like, my dead set, like, going here. I had, I, wa- I knew I wanted to stay probably in California, along the coast, away from home. Um, but I was also, I had some schools that were out there in the East Coast and around um, different spots that uh, I was interested in as well. Yeah. Cal Poly, what's your favorite thing about just being at Slow? Just being at slow, favorite thing. I gotta just say, every, the environment, everything you can do there. Like it's not like a town in the middle of nowhere where everyone does is just kind of party on the weekends and grind out school every day. And there's not much else to do besides those kind of two things. At slow, there's like a plethora of things I like. I do like surfing has become one of my like top things to do me and my roommates this next year like we have a plan to like go surfing like every morning hit like it's going to be like a routine for us like to go with our schedule just because it's right there and like why not why wouldn't we so surfing every morning how far give me uh, visual from campus is it uh what's the beach right up the uh, a villa beach is the main one that everyone goes to um i would say the beaches that people surf at are morro bay okay um and pismo beach Hmm. are like the two main ones um that a lot of people go to, and that's 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 where I went a lot um, this last year, just because you know I'm not too good, I'm I'm learning, I'm pretty beginner, but that's what this whole summer's been for me is just getting better at that, so I can have more fun at slow and um, 
just continuously progress at surfing. So here we are in Newport Beach. So a lot of these surfers, if they don't know about this campus and not on the radar, Mm -hmm. it could be an option. Please, yes. Uh, Cal Poly actually has uh, one of the best surf teams in the nation. Um, A couple of my buddies I actually ended up living with were on the surf team. um, And that's how they got me all into this surfing kind of life, basically. It's just I'm around them all the time, like – the people you hang out with become you, and that's just who I became. I, I hung out with surfers all the time. I kind of, I was just, I, I love their kind of lifestyle because it's so, so easy going, and surfing itself is just an activity that just, it requires a lot from you. All right, I'm gonna stop you there because you're there for an education. Let's talk about that's Cal true. Poly, right? That's very true. Especially that's what if, we should be talking about. That's that's very true. And, and Cal <laughs> Poly is not easy to get into. Oh, not at all. I will agree with you there. Um, yeah. So let's talk about the process. Coming out of high school, what was your GPA? Coming out of high school, my overall weighted GPA, I think, was around like a 4.3, 4.2. How many APs, how many honor classes? I think I took, man. I know you took AP Euro. Yeah, I did. I took AP Euro, AP Macro, AP, um, AP Lang, AP Lit. Uh, I think around like so. I think around like six AP classes, and then probably like four ish, four to two honors classes with those, like all mixed within those years. This is Chris Cornell, graduated Modern Day High School, now entering his sophomore year at Cal Poly. What was your ACT? Uh, my overall, my best ACT was probably 32, I think 32, maybe when you combine the scores, sometimes it can add up Mm -hmm. with certain colleges. And I think I got a 33 when I did that one time, but I'm pretty sure it was a 32. How many times did you take the ACT? Uh, five, I think five, maybe six, a lot of times, too many. When did you start taking them? Sophomore year, junior year? I think sophomore year. Yeah. I took the very, the first one I could. What was your first score? Do you remember? It was like a 26. Yeah. And how, for my audience out there, because sometimes students will say, I'm only going to take it twice, two times, three times, if that. Parents out there, you're listening to a student that took it five times. So your first score, I don't know if you had any expectations, but obviously there's a big Mm. delta from what you uh, got on your last score. What happened? How did you improve it? What did you do? So I knew that ACT prep was something that my parents would probably sign me up for. And it was something that I knew I kind of had to do as part of just the process because they want what's best for me. And I know it's probably something I'm going to have to do. So after ACT prep and taking that first test, they then showed me what to do to improve my score from there. And that's when I began a whole ch- a whole big marathon of trial and error with the tests and um, improving my score from there. Who did you start out with? I started out with a company called AR Academics. They're located in uh, Newport Beach, Corona Del Mar area. Um, Yeah, getting the quick photo. There we go. Our video. What's up, everybody? Um, And another place I went to was Strive to Learn. Two great places. Was there a different learning style? We kind of talked about this before. Share with my audience because there's so many prep yes. classes out there. So many. Um, 
and that's exactly what it came down to. It was just, I think it was different learning styles. Uh, going in and taking those ACTs at first, I didn't really know exactly what to expect, and AR gave me the a really great layout to really prepare for um, this test in terms of like timing what I had mm -hmm. to do to get the best score to like maximize my amount of time within the test. That's what they did. They they showed me how to maximize the potential I had within the time. But from there, I. I kind of had a, a disconnect with how they were teaching um, problems that I couldn't understand. So the concepts of getting these questions done at this amount of time and even in some other subjects like the essays, they helped me a lot with the essay portion of the ACT. That, they helped me a bunch with that as well. But there's some, there just was some sort of discord with mainly like math and science, the the way they were teaching how to solve problems there and the way I, my brain just works, I guess. I. It wasn't clicking, and um, that's why I ended up switching to Strive to Learn. And the way they taught those two subjects was able to help me improve even more from there. Hmm. Strive to Learn, that's right off 17th, right? Yes, yes. 17th and Costa Mesa slash Newport Beach. I believe so, yeah. Right by the Wendy's. And there's prep classes out there for everybody. But what I'm hearing is, and this is parents should take a note to this as well as their students, Everybody has a different learning style. Exactly. I'm a strong believer in that. I, I really do think like everyone's brain works differently. Like no one's wired the same. Um, like my my sister's like a prime example of that with me and her. Like we just think differently. And like we understand each other because we've grown up. But um, just together, of course, in the same house and all that. But just one thing I've learned throughout this whole process is like some of my closest, brightest friends who are more intelligent than me in some fields uh i i will strive in another just right. because hmm. just because i i don't know that's just how our brains work i guess maybe it's an interest thing or um personality thing i don't know but i, I know for sure that like i will be able to learn something a different way than someone else will and we'll both understand it completely the same in the end but there's no there's no direct path for everyone. There's nine ways to skin a cat. Exactly. There's visual learners. There's auditorial yeah. learners, right? Huge believer in that. So yeah. your final ACT score is a 32. Yes. Now you are deciding on what colleges you want to apply to, mm -hmm. right? So I'm sure there's more than Cal Poly. What other campuses, universities were on your top list? Yeah, so my list comprised of like the tops the ones that they were like my reaches like, who were your reaches my, yeah so my reaches were berkeley usc ucla um i believe there was some other tough ucs and i think it was a uh, another east coast school that i didn't get into it was just something to shoot out there on those reach schools did you get rejected by cal stanford ucla i did i did and um, the east coast school and one East Coast school. I got okay. into Northeastern. So, sorry, I messed up. I got into Northeastern University, but they let me in through a program where I had to study abroad first. Yes, yeah. that's what. That's how it worked. Yeah. Yes, and uh, we just talked about. And she was on my podcast, Katie Meyer. Mm -hmm. Her brother is now at Northeastern, but he got accepted to go abroad for the first semester. Yes, it was for the first semester, and I think that was that was the huge thing with me that kind of threw me off. Is just because. Okay. 
personally, I, you know, I, I wanted to go into college first. I wanted to, I wanted to feel college and what I'd be getting myself into primarily for the next four years. Right. And, and then within that process, go abroad, but going abroad first and then going into college, it seemed kind of off for me, but looking back on it, I mean, like that would have been so much fun anyways. Like, are you kidding? Like that would have been, I would like in another life, of course, cause I'm not going to not talk about Cal Poly cause I love that as well. But yeah. Different experience too. Exactly. So let me ask you this because my oldest got accepted to Northeastern. It, it came down to Washington and Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Obviously my followers know my oldest daughter uh, is a freshman at university of Washington, but Northeastern has a co-op program. Hmm. Did you even, okay. So I'm going to take that as you weren't familiar with or not familiar with a co-op program. I am not. All right. So that's a whole nother episode when we yeah. talk to someone from Northeastern. All right. So I'm going to tease it because if you don't know what a co-op program is, that could be an episode in itself. Mm-hmm. So let's go now to uh, the campuses that you visited. Visited. So my dad and I did a tour of a bunch of schools that I was going to apply to um, up the coast mainly. So I didn't visit really any East Coast schools. Um, it was all uh, West Coast. And I visited, I believe, University of San Diego, uh, Loyola Marymount. Pepperdine, uh, UC San Diego, uh, Berkeley, Cal Poly, Santa Clara, and I think we walked around Stan. We went to a Stanford game, okay, because we could at the time. Because your dad yeah. wanted to, right? Yeah, he, uh, Berkeley he, and Stanford, or UW and Berkeley. No, sorry, Stanford and UW were playing, and we were up there, and we we're like, why not? Yeah, that was that was a crazy game. So it sounds like a lot of WCC schools, that's West Coast Conference, a lot of private Catholic schools. With your academics, did you get any financial assistance? So I did, um, with primarily from the Catholic-based schools, the religious-based schools like Loyola Marymount, Santa Clara, uh, Pepperdine, and USD. Those four, I'm pretty sure, offered some some amounts. Do you know, what are we talking about? Couple thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. So I think Santa Clara. It was either Santa Clara or LMU. Either offered me like twelve thousand um, a quarter, not I bad, think, or something like that. Um, okay. Or it was something like for like half, half right of the quarters or something. It, it was something like that. But yeah, I, I was very vague on it because it wasn't one of my top choices. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, any of those campuses stick out? Yeah, so um, Santa Clara, honestly, uh, Joe Brown, uh, previous uh, visitor of this podcast, Betsy Brown's sister, right? Or brother, he's coming, actually. He, brother, his obviously. His sister was a previous yes. guest. Is he coming on? He's coming on. There we JB. go. JB. JB's coming JB, on. JB, Joe Brown, there props to you because you'll be coming on. Yeah, shout out to that guy because he uh, gave me a tour of Santa Clara, me and my dad. And um, I really did like that school. It was a really cool school. Um it's a lot different though, in a sense. Like I liked it in a different way than I would like a UC Santa Barbara or Cal Poly. Expand on that. Um, so campus-wise, whole different feel. Santa Clara is, I almost felt like I was at Modern Day in a way. And I know that's probably something a lot of people say. I say that. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and it- It's small. Yeah, and it's gated and it's you know, it's in a city-ish area. And 
Not uh, Santa Ana, though. No, not Santa Ana. It's Silicon Valley. It's a whole, whole different feel, I guess, for that. But just the way you look at it and almost the surrounding environment looks very, very similar. And um, what's cool about it, though, is it's, a, in a way, a college town of modern day. So it's like if modern day was able to, like, go in and, like, go to all the shops nearby and, like, hang out and, like, if there were kids, like, actually living around the campus that's what that's what it would be like mm -hmm. if modern day had like a community around it you know what i mean because modern day kind of shuts himself off from the community in a way right yeah right so how does that compare or should i say how does cal poly fit into this when you go visit cal poly and how that just jumps to your list okay so i knew i wanted something really different from modern day kind of feel and I did like modern day and I, I mean, Santa Clara because it felt like modern day. And I, and I knew I liked that because it was familiar to me, but that's not what I wanted because I wanted something different and I'm comfortable. And that's just how I am because new experiences, new perspectives, new backgrounds. So, um, being able to also enjoy that feeling of a Cal Poly campus or a UC Santa Barbara, which was also another campus I, um, applied to and visited by the way that I forgot to mention. Um, it was different, but it was also exciting and fun. And I, and it seemed something I would do as well. So that's why I went towards it rather a Santa Clara ish kind of school. Let me ask you this because I talked to people that, uh, are grad have graduated from Newport Harbor or let's say modern day, and they feel comfortable in that safety net mm -hmm. and they want to continue, for example, like TCU. Yeah. Right. A lot of, a lot of people from a lot of people from modern day. Right. Um, it's like Newport Beach in Dallas. It, it's no, seriously, it is. Um, but that's not always to say it's a bad thing. I mean, those people are having a great time. They're happy, but and they see a familiar face. Yeah, they see a familiar face. But that, that's that's their choice to be comfortable in that situation. You know, like not not everyone's not everyone wants to put themselves somewhere where they seem out of place in a way. Right. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And for those that are listening, students and parents. If your child, if your student wants to get out there and explore and do something different like you, Chris, looking at Cal Poly, it's out there, mm -hmm. right? Not a lot of, well, now there's a lot of people I know yeah. that are going there. We can yeah. talk about that. It's not too out there now. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's at the time, Cal Poly, Cal Poly itself was foreign to my dad, really. My dad's a huge, big USC guy. He's um, a brand name. Yeah, he, 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 exactly. He is a brand name. He likes the the facts, the numbers, he likes results. And that's what, and also he's also been a Trojan forever. Like my grandfather taught there. He didn't even graduate from USC. Uh, yeah, I know that's true. And now we're going to go into a smack talk about my dad, which is that's a whole other episode. Yeah. That's a whole other episode in itself. Love you, CC. Um, but Cal Poly seemed different in a way that I was going into it saying, I know people here, but I'm not going to have roommates. I know I'm going here, but I'm going to do my own living area um, and not like talk to my friends about where they're going to end up or who they're living with. Um, like when it came down to rushing fraternities, when I got there, I rushed one that I knew none of my friends were rushing um, just solely because I knew that I knew that there was a comfortability back there with them. Like there was someone I knew that I could rely on back there and I didn't want that. And also 
just to say this isn't always a good idea. You don't always get good results when you go out there and you put yourself somewhere where you're not supposed to be because sometimes it's it's always a learning experience at the end of the day, but it doesn't mean it's always beneficial, I would say. So you rushed a fraternity. Let's talk about the Greek life. First of all, how is the Greek life at Cal Poly? Um, it's great. It's fun. Um, and it's pretty supported by a lot of the student body. Uh, the issue I would say with it is that there's a lot of backlash and press and heat coming on it from a lot of the community and just the overall just feel about it when people talk about it, especially now. Um, my freshman year, there was... You had a couple incidents. Oh, a plenty. Like, too many for me to count, honestly, in terms of just people being written up at fraternities or fraternities being put on certain probations for certain mm-hmm. things. Um, the list just went on and on as the year continued. It was crazy to watch um, as being part of a uh, a pledging process and um, being outside of it when I got dropped. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. Did you pledge in the fall? I did pledge in the fall. So I went, I went into my freshman fall quarter, gung-ho. I want to meet everybody. Everybody... We should like we should all be friends. I want to have a good time. I want to meet new people. I want to converse. And then I was like, oh yeah, like I should probably do school too. Um, kind of forgot about that at the time. I was gonna, I like, I'm not gonna lie about it. Like fraternity, the whole fraternity process in the beginning consumed huge majority of my time. Um, not only because it had to, anyways but because I was letting it do more. Like I was I was adding on time that I didn't have to being there just because it was something new and different and it wasn't boring or A lot academic. of partying. At the end of the day, yeah. A, a lot, lot of, of drinking. Yeah, a lot of partying, a lot of drinking. Um, there's no, no lying when it comes to this. Like the truth needs to be told in these certain scenarios. And it was a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, but in that sense, it wasn't that I got lost in that. It was just like a conscious decision to be like, okay, I can always do this, but I probably I probably should go back to like focusing up on academics. And it was, at the end of the day, I, cu- I could have made more decisions to study instead of invest myself in fraternity business at the time. And I paid the price for that fall quarter for sure. So for the students out there, and parents out there listening, because obviously female or male, you want to go into Greek life, there, there is a balance. There is. And parents do kind of worry about what is my child getting into? They're, they're supposed to go to school. Um, so obviously what I'm hearing is it affected your grades academically. It heavily did. But also, I'm, I, I like to be truly honest and give like the full story to things. Um, and with this story... Uh, like I said, like, you know, super excited going into college in those first couple of weeks, excited to meet, excited to do whatever I can to get myself out there. And also in the back of my head, I'm, I'm being told that my grandfather, uh, is basically unconscious, like in Mm -hmm. a, in a hotel, in some hospital in Italy with terrible medical, uh, yep. I remember this equipment and my, now my mother and uncle, and aunt are all just sitting by him, not knowing what to do. And so that's just kind of in the back of my head. And I'm trying to say like, oh yeah, like forget about that. Like enjoy college, enjoy this. Like that, like that's back there. That's not here. Like you're in slow, like you need to enjoy this now. You can't think about that, you know? And it, 
that that was a huge part of me just ignoring I would say academics because it would go from it would go from me like saying okay let's step back from partying to do this school and then I start thinking about school and when I'm doing school um you know you start thinking about other th you start just thinking about what's going on in your life and you realize oh my gosh like I'm about to lose my grandfather and this is completely unexpected and then you it makes you want to go party and forget about it and it's just a complete cycle so let me ask you this if you had to do your freshman year all over again what would you have done differently? I would have taken more time to focus on what I was going through at the time. Like I would have probably stepped back from rushing just because I was trying to be big man. I was trying to be, I can do it all. I can emotionally stay stable. Um, I won't really need time to talk and think things out. Like I'll be able to go through it all. I'll get the grades. And uh, when time comes for things to happen, like when the funeral comes, I'll go to it, I'll come back, I'll keep grinding out school, I'll keep partying, I'll keep doing my thing. And I didn't really think like emotions would really hit. You know what I mean? How they would really affect them every day. So what would your advice or recommendation be for maybe a freshman, you know, especially going uh, yeah. sororities you, you you are rushing either at the beginning of the school uh, school year like my daughter is starting today or uh it sounds like fraternities you can rush kind of unformally yes yeah. so is that a recommendation you would give to so this is i'll give my plan on what i will probably do this upcoming year I, i'm not going to rush uh this fall quarter because um grades are the priority um, not only because parents told me to, but because like, I really think I need to prove it to myself because I mean, coming from modern day with the GPA I had and then seeing the GPA I got at Cal Poly, I was like pissed royally at myself. So what was your GPA at Cal Poly? It was low. It was a two, How low? like over the, an average with the combination of the three quarters, mm -hmm. it was around like a 2.2, 2.1. It, that's almost on academic probation. It is. It was bad. Like I like let me let me make it clear like I was not in my zone at all for people especially that know me like this was like I because like I said I have a lot of close buddies that went to Cal Poly with me and they they were worried about me yeah. they were how were the conversations with mom and pops um stressful at first because a lot of my pressure and a lot of my um like emotional unstability was coming from like what they thought mm -hmm. was happening and i just didn't know what to do because there was a, a a time each quarter where i'd really try and grind it out but of course it'd be too late because of everything that already happened before so like the last two weeks of me trying to do school well would never really add up to anything and i'd end up failing or you know not failing but like overall not doing well thus getting the call from parents and then let me ask you this because you used the word fail and I just got through orientation mm -hmm. with my daughter and that's going to be probably an episode in itself what I took away and what I learned and tell me if your parents did this or not mm -hmm. because those parents out there listening this is the big takeaway Chris let's say you're my son mm -hmm. I should be supportive in everything you're doing obviously you're at college you got a lot of stress going on anyway yeah you're gonna I told Sophia this you will fail Mm -hmm. Right. It, I you, mean, to be honest, <laughs> you know my dad again. You never told me you will fail, because my dad will go. My dad's guy says 
you fail, I'm gonna kick your ass. You know that. But he says that like it's the out of love. He won't actually kick my ass. He right. he'll he'll give me a talk and tell me what I got to do to fix it. And that's that's kind of what happened. But in a way, it's just I had never failed this bad before. Right. So when I call like I called them and I found out what I got academically, I broke down crying. Like I've never done that before ever. And it was like. I had felt so weak. I was like, I literally said, I failed you to my parents. Like, mm-hmm. I failed you. And they were both like, whoa, dude. Like, chill out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what's going on? That's like, your dad right there. My dad and my mom, both of them. Like, holy crap. What's, like, what are you, like, take, like, please, let's take a step back. Like, you're our son. Like, we love you. Like, it doesn't matter what you get. Like, if you, you, you need to be happy first. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be okay. And that was like, when I, when I was told that, like, it was like, seriously, as if like, I felt a weight just like, like off me. And I was like, that's the support I'm talking about. No, seriously. And that's why I'm very, very thankful for them. Like props out to Enza and CC. But, uh, with that though, it's not like I can just take that. It's like, oh, okay. They love me. Right. Right. Like I need to, I need to prove to them that. Their comfort and their support for me in my time of failure is not for nothing. And that's what this whole summer has been. And that's what kind of sucks. Because I'm just kind of waiting to go back and be like, let's bang this out. And I can't. What's your major? Business. Don't Administration. You have to, business admin. Don't you have to like pick a focus pretty soon? I do, yes. Yeah. So I have to choose a concentration. And at Cal Poly, there are... If you want me to say them, I will, but I'm I'm focusing on a concentration, probably I'm leaning towards information systems, okay. which is basically the closest thing they have with technology integration with business. Um, but I could also lean towards uh, possibly marketing, management. I could go anywhere. Going into Cal Poly, did you think about the idea of not going in as a, a business major because of the difficulty of being accepted in what major? So, to be honest, because Cal Poly wasn't my one of my reach reach schools, it wasn't like my Berkeley or my USC or UCLA. It it was like those were like my tops, and then they were like my mid range. Cal Poly was like my mid range. Right. But like I felt like I have a pretty good chance of getting in, or like I felt comfortable, but like there's still a pretty damn good chance I won't. So I right. have to be cautious. Not a fallback. Not a safety. No, not a but safety not a stretch. At all. Yeah, it's just like a more accurate shot at and, getting there. And I tell my audience, Chris, and it sounds like you had your three or four stretches. Mm-hmm. You have your moderates. That's what I call them. Mm-hmm. Cal Poly was my daughter's moderate. Yep. And then you have two or three fallbacks. Yep, exactly how I did it. See? Um, so for those of you out there listening, I stress this, I emphasize this. Once you fill in the blanks, Chris, how many stretch schools should we have? Stretch schools, I'm going to say three. Okay. Because there's stretch schools, right? Like Absolutely. Like you have to already understand it's already tough enough that you're applying to these schools and that your chances are already pretty bad. So you don't get- don't apply to like five or four even. Like three at the most, seriously, with stretch schools. And if you get in one, seriously. Props to you. Seriously. Moderates. Moderates, honestly, you can go up to five or six, I think. Because like that goes off of your confidence then. Like you're going off of like, I did this. Like I think I can get into that because with I got with what I got. Who yeah. were your fallbacks? 
who are my fallbacks? My my fallbacks. Be honest. Were, yeah, Loyola Marymount, uh, Pepperdine, USD. Um, Santa Clara was one of those like in between a moderate fallback. I agree. Schools because I really had a good interest in them, especially with Joe Brown going there. Because damn, JB's getting a lot of props. Well, no, because. I had no idea what the school was like until he toured it, and I, I played volleyball with him. I, I figured I knew him pretty well. Like, he'll give me a pretty honest opinion about the place, and he loved it. And that's what he, like, he played volleyball, right? Sorry sorry to go in about Joe Brown again, but now he's on this rowing team at, um, I, you know what? I know I realize he's probably going to talk about all this. He's going to talk about this. Let's tease it again yeah. for those listeners Damn. out there. JB Joe Brown will be coming on in a couple more episodes. Yeah. Right Joe now, Brown getting a lot of shout outs right now. It's all about Chris Cornell, <laughs> sophomore to be at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. Your, your major is business, and it's your time to sell people on Cal Poly without me doing it because I yeah. know how beautiful it is. Tell me high level. If I see you in an elevator, you yeah. have 30 seconds. Why should I even think about sending my kid here? It's Cal Poly. Here? All right. Well, Cal Poly, first of all, the location where it is and everything you can do there with the campus and off the campus is amazing. You will like it's not like anywhere else where you can just get bored in your dorm. There's no excuse for that. You can go hiking, surfing, anything physical. That's why I really love it because you there's so much stuff you can do outside of what's just given to you. Um, another thing is the campus life and attitude. Everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling. A lot, lot of positive faces that you just see on campus. I mean, a lot of people say that about their campuses, but I mean, you get a certain feel for it when you have activities going on. Like always there's constant activities and you see people at those events frequently and then you start developing these relationships. That it's like, I have no classes with this person, but I see him all the time because we're going to the same things and you make friendships from those. It's like crazy. How um, many football games did you go to last year? One. Was it homecoming? It was the very first game and it was during introduction week. We played Brown um, and we beat them up. Pretty sure we did. I think their first home game when you're back is October 5th against Montana State. How many? Will you go to that game or will you go to any games? Honestly, the first football game is just, I think that's the game to go to. Um, from what I've been told, not to like trash on my own Cal Poly team, but I don't think we're necessarily known for our football. I think our biggest ac or athletic event that I went to, yep, yep, the soccer game against UCSB, and that was awesome. That that, that is their football game. We, by we the way. stormed the field like it was. It was so much fun. Like. Tell my audience about that because I heard about this. I go, what are you talking about? This is your football yeah. game. This is yeah. This is so. This is a good Cal Poly like traditional thing to talk about. I'd say is the huge rivalry with UCSB. Um, it goes in everything now, but where it stems, I would say is the so the soccer teams, the men's soccer teams, and for like I guess twenty something years or something mm -hmm. even longer than that. During this game, this in both sides of the audience. It doesn't matter if it's at UCSB or at Cal Poly. Everyone's flinging tortillas on the field. There you go. It doesn't matter where it's at. It'll always happen. It's crazy. People will, people will go on the field and, like, get tackled by security. I, like, someone I knew. It was everywhere. It was hilarious. See, now we're selling Cal Poly in the tradition. So you've never gone to a Cal Poly tailgate? No. Football. No. Chris. 
Now it's my time to turn to Brooklyn. I know. I, I, I want to hear about it. have to go to the homecoming game. I want or to. Or alumni weekend. All right? There's a big tailgate in the in the uh, kind of like a little field across the street from the football stadium. Okay? There's yeah. a little bit of music. Okay. There's barbecue. It's like the donors. And we'll yeah. talk about that. But the tailgate, it's not like a USC tailgate yeah. or UCLA tailgate. Or let me rephrase that. It's not a Pac-12 tailgate, mm-hmm. which, by the way, those tailgates Nothing's are like a Pac-12 nothing. Tail- yeah. Those tailgates suck. Oh, really? Pac-12 tailgates. Yes. I thought you see at USC tailgates were pretty USC fun. blows. Really? Yes. And UCLA? Yeah, they blow. Okay. So okay. Not, not, there's no bias, but wow. No, there's no bias. My wife went to UCLA. So when we go to UCLA games or SC games or any Pac-12, I'm like, look at these people. They think they know how to tailgate. Cal Poly people. SEC. I've been to four SEC games. And when I have guests on, this is when we're going to be talking about tailgating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Katie Meyer, you've talked about it, Alabama, Georgia tailgates, Tennessee tailgates, LSU, Auburn. That's a true tailgate. The South knows how to tailgate. Correct. So Pac-12, no, they think they do. And I don't care if my audience gets mad at me or not. Go try an SEC tailgate. But Cal Poly tailgate, and I always scale it down. I go, you know what? For Cal Poly, for an FBS school. For, for a West Coast. Yes, their tailgates are fun. You know that little street, like, you know where Mott Gym is? Yeah. gym and then you kind of walk down i don't even know what that little that little walkway like a, is yeah that's where they line up all no way little tents okay people are partying people are playing um that's just so different it's almost, it's almost like they're setting up the what do you call it the the town uh fair what the thing that they do every Thursday, the night market. Yes. It's almost like that, but for a football game. It is. I'm telling you, you have to, you and your fun. friends have to go. Um, now, I've only been up there for like alumni weekend or homecoming. That's the only time I think they do it. Yeah. A bit in a, in a nice way. I'm yeah. like, okay, that's not bad for yeah. Cal Poly. Yeah. Okay. But I can see that. I'm not, I'm not trying to bag on Cal Poly, but I said, no. Oh, for CP. I mean, uh, what's his name from modern day? Shakobi. Yeah, Gray Blumey. I saw him like three weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude, you're coming to my school!" And we had a cool talk about it, and he's he's stoked, and that's that's I'm super stoked for him. Okay, now I'm gonna. Th- this is the Chris Cornell show, but another props I'm gonna throw out to a modern day guy. He's looking seriously between the University of Hawaii and Cal Poly for basketball. It's Julie, oh. my daughter's good friend. Hmm. Aiden Prue Cup Prue. Do you know Prue? I'm giving him a shout out right now. I'll I'll give him a shout out because do you go to Modern Day? He's a senior right now. All right. Well, he's 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 from Modern Day. Six five he, shooter I'll, can I'll play. Shout de- him out. He can play defense. There we go. So um, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, you didn't go to a lot of sports. No, 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 no. Not this is this is actually a. <laughs> um, you can <laughs> this, be honest. This, this is gonna be funny. Uh, everywhere around campus, there's Mustang News. It's run by a student run. Uh, newspaper and it's everywhere on every poster board you'll see the main headlines and there was one headline that was there for like almost a month and it was Cal Poly worst basketball team ever question mark like they had done worse than they had ever done ever last year they did yeah and they fired the coach yeah it was something I don't know but that was like a huge topic of discussion even with us because we're like really like Worst basketball team ever. Like, what's going on? Like, 
Yes. You know what I mean? They actually fired their coach. His name's Joe. Uh, I'll, I'll get his last name, but they just hired a guy. Mm-hmm. He's from like Southern California. Hard worker. He's recruiting. Now they compete in the Big West. So, yeah. you know, if you go to a game, obviously the soccer games are big, but the, the basketball games, the volleyball games there draw more people mm-hmm. than the basketball games. I agree. Cal Poly, well, because Cal Poly is a California school. California schools have great volleyball teams. Um, but with that said, uh, I think the basketball team does have a lot of potential at Cal Poly because they they also have a lot of numbers to prove and like history to show. They have people who've gone to the NBA and um, they've had championship. I'm pretty sure they've won the NCAA tournament before. Now yeah. you're just talking out of your ass. Am I really talking out of my ass? Yeah, they've won the Big West tournament. You you go. would know. You would know. Yeah, you're talking to Fonger News right now. I know. I, talking, I, I, this is the student manager podcast. This is true. I find, if someone's going to know here. Um, yes. I don't know. I saw one dude in Cal Poly basketball jersey wearing holding a massive trophy. I, I, fi- I thought it was the tournament trophy. No, that was the big, I call it the big worst tournament. The big worst tournament. They're in the Big West, but the big worst because there aren't any good teams in there. Makes sense. Uh, not like when I was the student manager at Long Beach State. We had UNLV, mm-hmm. okay, which won a national championship. We had Santa Barbara actually was very, very good back then. UCSB. My, yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, my Long Beach State team, two of my friends played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was when the Big West was like really dominant. Had two or three teams going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, now Cal Poly. Uh, they're just a bunch of tall white shooters. If that's the, it. If that's how it is. But it could change I, with a new coach. I was going to say, I, I mean. Give I, him a chance. Go to a game. I will. I will. I, I, you know what? I got four years there. Did of I inspire you on a tailgate? You can't even tell my audience about tailgates. I got to tell you about tailgates so yeah. you, you, know, you can experience it. My, yeah, my experience with tailgates is probably limited to modern day. So. So let's, as time's wrapping up, uh, you know, we talk about where, where you lived on campus because there's a lot of good stuff going on at Cal Poly. Yeah. The new resident halls. Now, you didn't get a chance to live in the resident halls, so right? I did, Yeah, I didn't live in the, one, the newest ones that, are, that were made last year. I had a buddy, though. I was there all the time, and they were awesome. How really is it cool. awesome compared to where you lived? Compared to where I lived? Honestly, I, I wouldn't live there compared to where I lived. I liked where I lived the best. Um, just personally. Why? The, I mean, a lot of us did. Because location-wise, it worked out better, I think, for us, just because we were closer to some food spots and the market on campus. Um, also, we were a lot closer. We were in the hills, and we were close to a well, – well, at least for me and my buddies, we were close to a massive like hiking area where we went out there all the time, setting up hammocks and exploring and um, just doing a lot of really fun stuff. We slept out there one time. It was really cool. And, like, we would not be able to do that if we lived in the new buildings because they're right by uh, the town, right in front of campus. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of isolated in their own area. And there's a bunch of them, though, and there's a bunch of kids there. So it's a whole other community. Um, But it's funny. It's like there's, like, literally communities on campus of different kids that hang with each other, obviously. But You, You touched on something because as I went on a lot of college tours with my children, they say you could turn a big campus into a small campus, but you can't turn a small campus into a big campus. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the community. So mm-hmm. expand on that because I want my followers and listeners to, to understand th- what it is about a community. 
Yes. Within a college. Yeah. So when you break it down f- for the most fundamental basic community you get when you go into college is your roommates or the people you live with. And for me, those guys became like my closest buddies. Um, fortunate enough for me, I knew two of them. I knew one of them since I was, he was my best friend from since I could remember. And another kid went to Newport Harbor. But the rest were completely new and different. And there was 12 of us. And we all became super tight. And we still are. But then from there, you expand onto your building. And who else is in your building? And then below us, and, and I lived in a two-story building. So the people below me... Like that set of 12 dudes or whatever amount of dudes also became our best buddies. And we would all hang out in the same building. And then from there, we'd go out and see other people in different buildings, in our, in our community of buildings. And then from there, you have the whole North Mountain community, which is like my building and a couple others in our area, right? The old ones up on the hill. And then from there, you have people in their communities and their buildings. But what gets interesting is when you as a freshman at least, is when you go to socialize in different buildings because right. then you get different people. Like ser- you mm-hmm. seriously do get different people. Um, like a bun- all the engineers live in Sierra Madre. I only went to Sierra Madre once because my cousin lived there and I, I would say hi. Not once, I went there a couple times to say hi to her. But like I was, you would never see me in Sierra Madre, right? Because that's not my place, it's not my community. People there, grind school i would say i really think so it's a whole different it's, it's they're all quiet smart there. yeah they're all of course they're all super oh, well, intelligent wait, let me rephrase that because everybody at cal poly is smart it's hard to get into yeah yeah you know i i said I'm, I'm talking about myself on the on the discredit but you yeah you yourself you're a cp there's what is a, it poly pride yeah poly pride poly pride What's that new building? I remember when my daughter went to go visit it. It's, is it the math building or the science building? And who is it? Thomas Einstein? Or... Yes. It's uh, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's in front of the science building. Or I would go in there actually all the time to study and stuff. because it's a beautiful building. Yeah. I Studying and doing academics when I did uh, really couldn't be done in my room or in my dorm. And that was, that was also another huge contributing factor, I would say, to uh, why my GPA was so low and why I couldn't get in my groove um, with that. Yeah. That's just something I forgot to add. Yeah. That's no problem. You know, you can always come back on my podcast. <laughs> Sounds it's, good. It's kind of like, you know, those <laughs> repeat guests because there's a lot. I like talking to guests that actually have experienced it. Yeah. At least for a year. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as compared to some guests uh, or just going into it. Going into it. And they're more talking about the process oh, yeah. of the whole application process or the interviewing. It's and, a fraction. And the, and the essays. Is that, only, is that only a portion of it? It's just, it's like, I would consider that portion of this whole college process, I would say. It's like, it's like when you're downloading a video game and you're watching the loading bar go so slow across the screen. And you're just hating it because it's going so slow and you just want it to be done. And like, cause once you're done, you can play. That's exactly what that application process is. You're just watching it. You know that it can't go any faster and you're just staring at it and you hate it because you have to do all this. You're inputting all this information about yourself and you're presenting yourself to all these different organizations and will they accept you or not? And that's just a part of it. But the whole time you're also just waiting because you don't know where you're going to end up. What's going to be your game to play. Well, I'm going to expand on that because a couple episodes, or the episode right before you, I had two twin sisters, Tara and Emma Raiden from mm-hmm. Modern Day, 
uh, their story, Vanderbilt, transferred to Cal, and now they're in the working world. All right? Yeah, out because of college. You are out just of the a, game. College is such a small portion. Yeah. At the end of the day, college, I tell people, I tell my audience and followers, I tell my kids this, you start something, you finish something, it's what you do with that degree. You yeah. remember that, Chris. Yeah. Right? It's what you do with it. You know, you talked about your mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we could expand on that, you know, next time you come back into town. But because Cal Poly, their alumni are phenomenal, right? Great alum. Right? Yeah. Who's the number one alum? Who's the number one, should I say not number one alum, but great business person, biggest donor at Cal Poly? Do you remember? Bagley? You got it close. Bag it. Bag Robin Baggett. I'm thinking okay. I'm thinking like Marvin ba- uh, Baggett filled he's and he owns the wine he's one of the nicest gentlemen oh, if yeah. you get a chance when you're at Cal Poly you got to meet Robin Baggett okay. I got I got to meet this guy I mean I've heard so much about him even from professors so and and it's all about networking Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother episode in itself. We talk about networking. Eventually, you know how big we're going to get Fonger News? Oh, it's Fonger yeah, News. You have, so, you, you have so many topics to talk about with this. And basically, it, 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 that's all it is. It's expanding into the college life and where you can go with it. Because then after you graduate, we're going to be teaching people how to interview. Yeah. I interviewed over 100 people. That's, geez. I mean, this is just continuous. You could, see, you could go so many ways with this. But also, you know what I would say is I think it's important to also continue to bring kids in like Why? like this story like what w- what I'm doing telling my first year because I think the first year is very important for people to hear and what they go through Be- like I said before uh, everyone's going to have a different story like for everyone list for people listening like you're not your grandfather isn't going to die or both of them even your freshman year very true like i i went through stuff that i wouldn't say not a lot of people go through their freshman year, and I think I didn't handle it the best way. I'm, I think there's a lot of people out there that can learn from my experience, not because they went through some sort of trauma and they're learning to rebuild themselves. That's a story told a thousand times over. I think what needs to be taught from these stories is a way to relate and a way to um, be ahead of the curve in a way. That's That's great information to yeah. share because like my story is going to be different from the next kid you bring on it's completely you're absolutely right yeah. and that's why the student manager the goal again is to help students as well as parents through the education process on college the experience in itself the admissions what it takes and and what you're going through because this is an important time in life mm-hmm. um, but I want to say thank you Chris for joining me first male on the student manager podcast. We got to give it up to our executive producer, yeah, we do. Merv Cargis. Give right? it up. And give I want to thank all my followers, all my listeners, and hopefully, Chris, after your episode, we're going to get up to 1520. I would love that. I mean, right. you're going to shout me out? I see a lot. No, seriously, of course I'm going to shout you out. I see, no, I, I seriously do see like a lot of where this podcast can go. Um, I see a lot of value and what it can bring to kids who are really nervous and even parents who are nervous about what their kid is going to go through that first year and every cuz it's it's a it's a different it's just it's life it's a life-changing process no one really knows what can happen and it's better to go into it brave and confident rather nervous and scared well i wish you the best of luck in year 2 at Cal Poly good and luck thank you for having me on seriously i appreciate it very welcome
Thank you again to my followers and listeners. And with signing off, we're going to say Fonger News out. Fonger News out. <laughs>